How's it going, brother? Not too bad. Bright and early? Well, I don't know (laughs) if there's any sun out where you're at, but at uh, at 10 after 5, for me, there's definitely not any up in Vancouver. No. Um, Well, it's funny. I usually actually get up this early uh, to do stuff on uh, weekdays, but uh, it's been kind of a hectic week, so... Um, yeah, and I think probably <laughs> when I do get up this early, I'm always groggy, yeah. which is okay. Yeah, when I'm, I'm usually not, <laughs> I'm usually not recording a podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, the same. If if I'm up this early, there's no one else awake, and I'm getting ready to go to work. I'm not focusing on making coherent thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just have to see how it goes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> did you get to play any video games since the last time? You know, it's funny. I did, yeah. believe it or not. Um, yeah, I, uh, I tried out Battlefield 1. Oh, nice. Um, I played through the uh, intro and a little bit of um, the tank uh, campaign. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, quite interesting. I thought it was a cool setup. Uh, I can actually, when you were talking last time about, um, I guess, kind of going with the World War One game right. because it was Memorial Day and so forth, uh, it didn't really click for me so much, yeah. but um, actually playing the game, I mean, it is that kind of immersive experience. I could actually, having played it, see what you were getting at. Um, yeah, it's it's and, it's uh, weird when uh, I'm talking about it to someone who hasn't played because I'm trying not to be too spoilery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess that's a skill you'll need for for a podcast, yeah. maybe. But um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, as you were saying, trying to form coherent thoughts at 510. Uh, let me see. Um, definitely, uh, I think they hit it on the head with um, the immersion factor. I mean, they just throw you right in, and that intro really set the stage, set, kind of set the context for just how gritty a war it was. Mm. Um, I'm a bit guilty of being uh, somewhat ignorant of, of the First World War. Yeah, I think all of us um, are, well, most of us I, are. I think so. I think so. And I kind of, I think I appreciate um, the effort there uh, because probably the people making the game knew that and took that approach. Yeah. Um, Because you can tell there's kind of a, it's kind of holding your hand through setting that context, right? Yeah. I've, in with my experience with World War II games, it's usually like, yeah, the world's at war. You're whoever. It's, it's whatever. It's Normandy or something. Go go kill whoever. Go kill some Nazis. Yeah, right. <laughs> All the context um, you need right there is just Nazis existed and they were bad. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it continues nowadays, I think, to be the case that, like, Nazis are one of the increasingly few groups. It's it's okay to simply say, they're bad, yeah. that's it. We don't need any context. Yep. There's no, uh, no um, taboo against portraying them in this sense. No one's going to complain. That's it. Go. Whereas... Most other uh, groups or conflicts or whatever, including World War One, I, I think it's it's more complicated. Mm. Um, I mean, I know there's kind of a, there's still kind of the clear uh, good guy bad guy um, thing going on, but it's it's less. You can't really simply say everyone on that side is evil. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I think um, I think but, once you, once you have a world leader who's uh, openly promoting genocide, it becomes a little bit easier to vilify them. <laughs> Yeah, uh, a little bit. <laughs> um, but I like the game. Uh, I, 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 um, I mean, it is so far to me, I guess, a shooter, right? It's yeah. just a shooter, but it's it, at the same time just the 
thematic element, the flavor is done very well. Yeah. So um, I do intend to keep playing it. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the whole campaign was done pretty well. The, and, and because they've broken it up into, like, what is it, five or six short chapters, it's, uh, it's manageable. With, right, with, and it's like each chapter, what you're referring to as a chapter, like those are all different characters yeah. and different stories. Yeah. Yeah. And different yeah, like styles that. of gameplay, too. Uh, cool, cool. Uh, the, the one thing that I've found, and, and again, I don't play very many first-person shooters, so I don't know how prominent it is in the genre, but I, I found that there was a, an awful lot of reliance on stealth in, hmm. in throughout the game. Um, I also <laughs> wouldn't know. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you're part way through the tank, what I'm sure you've encountered that already, have you? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, which I like. I mean, yeah. that was uh, at one point anyway a very novel thing in games. Yeah, you know, people like to, of course, bring up Metal Gear and so forth. Yeah. And, uh, um, I really enjoyed that element. So, yeah, it works for me. Uh. Cool. Yeah, so I finished playing Fire Emblem Birthright. Well, I saw that. <laughs> I am uh, infinitely envious, as you can probably imagine. I, I did play a little bit more uh, Cave Story, but it was it was like one of those, oh my god, I have 20 minutes to myself, I'm going to play a game kind of thing. So yeah, uh, it, it was more remembering where I was and just killing some things than anything. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh... I don't know. It 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 was a fun game. Uh, Good. So I've already got Conquest sitting there in the 3ds. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to get around to playing it until next year. But uh, oh really? Yeah. Well, I've so I've got other things. It wasn't fun enough that that you uh, moved that up on your list. Uh, you know, I I. I put I put it in the system and I tried playing the the first battle and uh, I misread the terrain and I brought all my characters up to a bridge that was uncrossable and so then I died right away because there's one person on the opposite side of the bridge by themselves so <laughs> so I died pretty much immediately on like a, a fairly easy mode so I was just like okay whatever I'm not supposed to be playing this until next year anyway so. <laughs> So that's the spirit. Yeah, so it's a uh, it's uh, stowed away on my shelf now. I'm not even gonna lug the thing around so that I can get like street pass stuff on the way to work. Uh, uh, and yeah, so I, I finished that. It was a solid game. I'm I am looking forward to playing the the other half of it. But uh, I also bought a bunch of um, ebooks that I want to read. Okay. Uh, and so it. Uh, let me just call them up here for a second because I have the actual title in front of me on my phone. Uh, it is the Reverse Design Forum, I guess. I sold uh, a collection of ebooks. So I'm 31 pages out of 79 right now into a design analysis on Final Fantasy VI. Okay, nice. Uh, so yeah, there's one on Final Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger, and Final Fantasy VII. I do know the series. Yes, I know this series. And okay, the, um, definitely uh, get back to me with your thoughts. Uh, well, I'm I'm only less than halfway through the first book, and so far it, it seems pretty solid. Um, and considering it was only like less than three dollars to buy the bundle, I, I would recommend it. Hmm. Um. What kind of approach do they take? Like, just give me a gist of of 
I guess just the style of writing or what what things they go into. Well, it's it's clearly someone that has played a lot of games, uh, so he's able to like uh, in the in the opening call up a bunch of stuff like Suikoden and uh, Final Fantasy and. Uh, I'm still too early to, to have proper memory <laughs> recall, but uh, but 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 he calls up a few different uh, types of RPGs. I guess he goes back to like Baldur's Gate and Dungeons and Dragons and uh, uh, Ultima and some of that stuff to kind of compare how the RPG genre kind of split into different directions, and and then okay. specifically which. Uh, strengths the Final Fantasy tried to exploit um, and so uh, it's it's pretty good like uh, I've kind of just finished reading his analysis on how the story was written I guess and it's okay. not it's not like the same as if you were to read like an, an English professor talking about how a story was written it's it's specifically from a game design point of view how was this stuff done in a way to to kind of make game mechanics work awesome because love it uh, one thing that he keeps coming back to is i guess the idea that um all of the characters for final fantasy 6 that was the first thing that was designed for the game and I guess that's not entirely true because it's a sequel and, and a lot of the gameplay style stuff already was pre-existing, but it there's a, a large cast and they were the first parts of the story that was done. It wasn't like a central story and then the characters were done after the words. So Interesting. So is this, like, does this person making this design analysis have some sort of like I mean, did he interview some people and understand this, or is this kind of yeah? His, there are some like, footnotes in there, so uh, cool. I don't know how much interviewing he himself did, or how much was other people interviewed, and then he's reading their stuff and piecing it together. But cool, cool. Um, how long is this? You said you're not quite halfway. Yeah, the, half well, pages. the Final Fantasy VI one is only seventy nine pages. Okay. Um, cool. And I don't know how long the others were. I, I uploaded them all onto my uh, my Google uh, my Google Play thing on the computer because you get right. PDFs. Um, so I uploaded them all onto there, and then I can just read them on my phone. But uh, the the Super Mario World one, I believe, was so large that it wouldn't upload. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if that's just because he's using tons of pictures or what, but. Very cool, very cool. Um, have you ever read I Am Error? No. Very, very cool. Um, it's, well, I guess it's not really a analysis. It's almost a business analysis, I guess, but it's just about the Famicom and how it came to be and its, its birth, so to speak. And it just goes into a lot of technical details, but also um, kind of interesting anecdotes about the business side of things and why certain decisions were made. Mm. And it is a very well-researched book. Like you say, well, lots of footnotes, lots of uh, building off a lot of interviews and, and just articles that exist are floating around out there. But um, they just go through um, the early days when Nintendo conceived of this and how the original, uh, uh, what's his name? Yamauchi, the, the guy who used to run the company at the time, how yeah. he, uh, basically just came and said, we're going to make this system, you're going to do it this way, and then how that kind of trickled down and, and became this specific system. Um, 
Very, very interesting read. If if you're into like, I guess the background of how these things came to be, I, I thought that was a fascinating read for me. Yeah, I'm I'm increasingly interested in that. Um, you know, I I honestly don't have any books and stuff that I've read in the past on game design stuff. Um, like I think the closest is um, I re- there was a book that was recommended by Genova Chen who. Uh, uh, of that game company that did Journey and Flower and stuff. There was a, yep. there was a book that he recommended called Flow, and <laughs> it has nothing uh, to do with game design at all. <laughs> Flow is currently uh, uh, propping up my mic. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> nice. At least you found a use for it. <laughs> did you read it? Um, I So... At some point in the distant past, as with many of the things I do, I, I decided I'm going to get into this, and yeah. then I, I go and spend a bunch of money and like don't get into it. Yeah. Like I do that so often, I, or I, I plan to get into it some at some point. Yeah. So um, I did buy a bunch of uh, game design books and just design books and like like uh, almost like engineering kind of approach to design that kind of thing um and uh no uh of course not it's in a big queue somewhere um i'm currently reading uh a few uh books on comics and then i have a few books on film yeah, yeah. <laughs> slotted in after that and then finally there's the video game books yeah when, um, I, when I was over there i noticed you had uh like the animator survival kit and stuff yeah yeah i mean they have a really good bookstore here uh half rice books yeah um it's kind of a pacific northwest thing i don't know if i've i don't think it's in canada but um yeah you can get i mean they have a big art section and like art of this art of that and that kind of thing there and i mean i think animators uh all of those books um animator survival kit was like five dollars or something i mean oh, wow. you can just pick these things up for nothing so yeah i think i paid um, something like I, 50 or 60 back when i was in college ooh, for that the, the price tag might still be on it if I, uh, it's just not that interesting but anyway yeah stuff's super super cheap um yeah. so i've been slowly building a collection of stuff i eventually plan to get to before i die <laughs> <laughs> um did you read flow yeah yeah i read that um i got the ebook for it and i it took me almost a year to read it because I, uh, I would basically just pick away at it while Laz was napping or something. Mm, um, almost a year. Yeah, yeah so like I, I legitimately started reading it while I was still in San Francisco and then I, I finished it. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think I finished it this summer. So uh, It's amusing. I mean, the book is like, what, 200 pages or something it's, it's not, not this massive it's novel. not very big but it it also just doesn't really go anywhere mm. so <laughs> it's so it, you're not uh it's you, you didn't you don't agree with mr chen it's in the value it's an interesting philosophy and and it, it has some interesting concepts in it it just kind of meanders and doesn't have like a solid direction that the, the narrative that the author is trying to tell goes so it just mm. it, it feels like it's it's fine to pick it up and just read a few pages here and there and you don't really feel like you're losing anything but it's also hard to stay focused on it for a long period of time hmm. like to just sit there and read for a couple hours straight got it Interesting. I mean, I've heard raving reviews for this book, so uh, yeah, kind of the first <laughs> less than enthusiastic. Uh, I don't know. I I feel I, like I've heard. I feel like a lot of the time when you read like 
psychology-based stuff, either you're super into it and and you you just take everything in and think it's amazing, or it feels like common sense and that you're mm. just not getting anything new out of it. It's kind of like trying to make a compelling argument um, for the other side, if you will, like of a, of a political divide. Like every yeah. single person is going to take in your argument as is and be like, of course, yeah. or it's going to be the exact opposite and they need convincing, but but from their perspective, right? Yeah. So I, th- I think that's all it was for me is just like, I mean, pretty much the whole book is just telling you the idea that you can get lost in something that you're passionate about and time flies when you're having fun, right? Well, like, so that's, that's basically the entire book is... Deep stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I, well, I, having not read it, I, I can't comment. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> that's too bad. It is and it isn't. I don't know. I, it, it, I found that particularly uh, it was nice for me to be reading because the having a newborn at the time that I started reading it, it was challenging. My kid has always mm. been very needy. Uh, he... he 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 wants you to be close by and stuff and so for someone like me who's always valued having alone time and suddenly had none it it was a kind of that was your portal to like be in your own world i assume yeah it was kind of motivational just to have this thing and and constantly be reminded that you can have fun doing any task you just have to let yourself have fun doing it so got it so yeah cool cool um, I have a t- I have a tendency to get in the past. I've gotten a, a number of books that were specifically for like my career, like uh, mm. the art and science of digital compositing or advanced render man and stuff. So uh, I have read a number of textbooks that are are related to what I do, but I guess I hadn't really spent any time getting game design specific stuff. So right. Um, now that that is my career, I feel like I really should be doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's interesting because I don't know books for me and maybe it's just because my career is, is so, I mean, software engineering, it is a very technical field. Um, it's, I've, I've found it's very, my experience with books, uh, has been that I can't use them in the way you've described it. I have to be like in them full on. I can't kind of be doing two things. I can't kind of be looking after a kid and and doing this. And I also, I've, I've had a hard time using that, uh, as something to do in bursts. Yeah. Um, like I used to study a lot, um, on my commute when I was in the van pool. So, I mean, I'd have like a guaranteed half hour to just sit there and delve into this like really complex topic. Yeah. Whereas (laughs) with the, screaming baby running around it's like i have five ten minutes oh she's gonna nap i have 20 minutes and like knowing that that could suddenly cut at any time yeah yeah. um i just couldn't you know get into these deep topics so well there's there's um, definitely a difference between like reading a a, a c plus plus manual or like the the compositing book there versus reading this kind of like motivational psychology type yeah Um, yeah yeah uh, definitely but yeah, the there's you had a couple other there was like a, a a history of the video game industry book that you had, didn't you? Oh, I have the untold history of Japanese yeah. game developers. Yeah. Um that that book I I love honestly. I I don't I don't know. I've heard mixed reviews from others. I do find it kind of drags on, I guess. Like it's just 
that's actually a really good book to read in parts because if you just sit down to read the whole thing, it's like just text, 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 yeah. people talking. I mean, there's a lot there. But if it is something that uh, you're interested in, I just like for me that era. You know me. I just yeah. I love kind of that era, the the formative years of, of video games, and even a lot of uh, consumer electronics like. The 80s, you know, you had the Walkman coming out or getting popular anyway. You had the early video games um, and just just those those old boxy, you know, beta players and stuff. I, I just love that era. So this book really transports you there. Um, and it's just fascinating because he's going and interviewing people who were there, the people who were like at whatever company building those games you play when you were a kid, yeah. talking about what it was like to just spend these insane like... 80 hour weeks and hold up in this tiny crappy apartment building these games and i mean as a kid of course i i had no concept of anything right you'd pop yeah. in like batman for for nintendo and it's just this fun game but then you reading about like <laughs> the hardships these guys go through to make these games yeah um it's funny just how how extreme a lot of them were like that's that's kind of the trend you see reading these interviews it's never just like oh yeah i worked at that company yeah it was cool whatever it's always like oh my god <laughs> man let me tell you you know what i mean yeah and it's, it's and like it's especially weird as an adult cuz like you said like as a kid you have just like no concept of all at all of, of any of this stuff happening like the, you you've got a game and you know that there's credits but you don't even really put two and two together that these people <laughs> made the game so yeah, was, yeah. i remember playing like the mega man games and seeing like enaf king and bun bun and stuff going by and it's just like it it meant nothing to me and then as an adult <laughs> like you're like oh wait they had these weird pseudonyms because they weren't allowed to use the real name so that people wouldn't yeah. poach them <laughs> Which is funny, and of course they touch on that in this in this book, and they touch on a lot of like the other like kind of the the yakuza connections and and just you know the the extreme um, extremely abusive workplace environments and so on. It's a good read. It's a good read. Um, a lot of interesting stuff there. I'm impressed that this this guy could just go in and like interview these ex you know heads of big companies and stuff. Very impressive. And I do have the second volume. I haven't gotten to it yet. Um, and I understand there's a third volume coming out. I'm the kind of person that could go and just love this and consume the whole thing. Uh, yeah. You might want to give the first one a try. It might not be your thing. Well, it, it's my thing. It's I just haven't gotten around to it. And, uh, like, mm. it was kickstarted originally, wasn't it? So uh, I think I feel like it, I know, it was yeah. kind of a limited run. And so now the, the copies that are available are a little bit more expensive. Mm, mm. Uh, so I've been I've been interested in it because I I remember during the summer or spring uh, a bunch of the videos had gone on YouTube. Mm, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it seems super interesting to me. I watched the uh, the Hudson one when they went and explored the the old Hudson uh, uh, factory. Yeah, <laughs> or not factory headquarters, I guess. Yeah. Um, Hudson's interesting. Just I mean, my wife's from uh, Hokkaido, which is. I wouldn't say remote, not to me anyway, coming from like rural Canada, but <laughs> comparatively, I guess, I mean, in terms of like, it's, it's funny that you've, it's funny that we yeah. describe ourselves as being from rural Canada. Cause you know, as small as the area was, that we were from, uh, there's way more remote than that as well. Like oh, even man, within Nova Scotia, there's a small remote. Yeah. Like we had yep. friends from economy <laughs> and it's like, Sorry. it's <laughs> I mean, it's like, I guarantee no one listening has heard of Economy Nova Scotia because the population is like 50 have. people. 
and they had (laughs) economy is where my family would go to go clam digging yeah like once a year we'd go to economy and my memory of economy is that it's nothing but like just these these endless like sheets of mud yeah that you'd walk out and dig clams in and then you come back into the town which was like i don't even remember nothing right just a few houses yeah to like i don't know i think we stayed at a cottage there or something like yeah, essentially a village. Yeah, in Nova Scotia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's literally the village of economy, and there's like fifty people, and <laughs> there were people at our school from there. So like they would have to get on a bus for an hour in the morning, and go from economy to Truro. Oh man, man. Yeah, it's so. Um, we're both. Well, your 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 story is a little more complicated than mine, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I moved to Truro, Nova Scotia, when I was five i might have just maybe i just turned six i don't remember but right. it was 89 anyway at some point i guess i'd be five five yeah five that was when i first um, moved to nova and, scotia too just not sure okay well i had been in nova scotia yeah. um prior but anyway uh so i grew up in nova scotia which is the second oh it's the third biggest city in in nova scotia yeah but it's kind of the second city. like so you have what city <laughs> it's halifax sydney trail but sydney's kind of on the way down yeah they i mean they growing. used to be booming and then yeah the the industry Com- kind of dried up relatively so it, i think halifax and Truro were kind of the two i don't know in, in my view growing up like the two acceptable places to live <laughs> and so um it wasn't as bad as it could have been i guess in terms of just like small town remoteness yeah uh, but back to just what I was saying, um, uh, like if you look like anything you've heard of from Japan is like obviously Tokyo based or one of these big cities, Nagoya, whatever. Right. Yeah. But like there's just there's not a lot of stuff from Hokkaido. Um, but in ter- so in terms of video games, Hudson, like the company Hudson yeah. that made Adventure Island and Bomberman and whatever else, um, they were from Sapporo, like her hometown. And I, I always I was fascinated, like when I go there to go. And like find, I don't know, just like look at their office or something. Yeah. Um, it's not there anymore. Right. But uh, yeah, that that one episode about um, their old headquarters and like the train you could ride on and stuff, I was quite, I don't know, it, it piqued my interest. I'll say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, there's always, I guess, some sort of interesting uh, connection with stuff. I, I remember there was a, a company called Helix Animation in, in Halifax. Uh, hmm. They did a show called Undergrads, and I don't know what else they've done. But that Undergrads was apparently actually it it was on back when like two thousand two, two thousand three, I guess when we were in college. Um, and I think they only had the one season, and it it was apparently really popular in the U.S. (laughs) Am I thinking of a different show? Is that the one with that uh, the the click intro? You go out on Friday night, that one? Uh, I don't remember the theme. Here, I'm going to make some noise and look it up. I want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. <laughs> but it was, it was a cartoon. Yeah, 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 this one, this one, this one. Yeah, that's yeah. the one, that's the one. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> people used to come to us, like my friend group, and be like, are you guys dressing like the guys in undergrads? Like, is that intentional <laughs> or coincidence? And we hadn't heard of the show, and we were like, huh? So I don't know if you look it up, <laughs> you you can look and each one looks like one of us. Kind of, it was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, this show. Yeah, um, that was made in Halifax. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, that was and Lex the TV series. 
<laughs> Lex. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so my uh, daughter, I mean, we don't park her in front of the TV too much, but there's one show she watches, and it's made in Halifax, which is weird. I mean, we live in Seattle area now. Yeah. Um, what is it called? Booze? Boo? Blues Boo Buddies or something? Oh. No. Boo Buddies? I'm going to make a know. little more noise here. Yeah, I don't know. It's not that interesting, maybe, but... Um, I don't know. I guess some stuff just is in these small places. Um, there's, I forget what they're called, but there's a, there's actually a game studio. You might know about it. Um, in Liverpool, Nova Scotia. I mean, there's another, that, that's another. I didn't even know there was a Liverpool in Nova Scotia. (laughs) You didn't? As soon as you said Liverpool, I'm thinking the UK. (laughs) Um, it's like this tiny, I don't know, thousand person place. They haven't interesting accent like it's southern nova scotia right um i, I know someone from there you know so i I'm never went gonna... any further south than <laughs> rip on it but... i don't think i ever went further south than halifax mm, i i might have been to like yarmouth once in my life but uh yeah i don't know but anyway um they have i, I can't remember the name of it i'm gonna make a little more noise and find it yeah. but um they actually make games they're a developer and their stuff's published by ea and they make like some of their sports games or something like it's just incredible that hmm. that connection is in liverpool nova scotia yeah i couldn't believe it uh what is it uh i, I don't know i'm not gonna find it but um yeah 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 it's it's sometimes hard to find information about places in nova scotia hb studios that's okay. the place hb studios uh yeah they made apparently they made nhl 09 huh. which i mean that's a game yeah um madden nfl 13 i mean like stuff you've heard of yeah it's all sports stuff it's nothing i'm i'm particularly interested in at all but yeah huh. wild connection man yeah yep. it's uh definitely interesting i i <laughs> the the thing that's weird about for me is like where pretty much anywhere i go whether it's toronto or even to Australia, that whenever I tell people I'm from Nova Scotia, they're all like, "Oh, have you ever seen Trailer Park Boys?" <laughs> that's it. Yeah, for me, that's it. That's it. You know, I get that. Like sometimes I say I'm from Canada, yeah, and people are like, "Oh, Trailer Park Boys." Oh, really? It's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, no joke, no joke. You know, Trailer Park Boys actually apparently uh, filmed like some episodes in Truro or something. I don't yeah. know. Like most of it's, I think, in Halifax. But um, I know my. Uh, so my mom's side of the family is from Ontario, and whenever they come to visit, it's all they care about, like, where's the Trailer Park Boys <laughs> stuff? And uh, since they were filming one day when my cousin was there, I forget if she, like, got a cameo in or she tried to or something. Yeah. I don't know, but it's kind of <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I find I'm trying I'm, – I'm, I'm walking a tightrope here. I'm not trying to be offensive to people, yeah. but I, I, that kind of that hillbilly uh, – uh, image is there right like yeah. oh you're from this small place oh is it like this and that show certainly doesn't help right? like growing <laughs> up i never ever thought of myself that way or hung out with people like like that well, um, th- that was what was weird though is because when when i first saw that on tv i didn't think anything of it it just it seemed normal and i didn't really care about it <laughs> and then it's almost a different experience for you it's like oh yeah nova scotia wow. yeah that's that's kind of how i felt <laughs> and and so then i would go away and everyone else is laughing about it I'm like that's that's just kind of how it is <laughs> which well, i did have... which it's not but <laughs> <laughs> i have met people like that and maybe that's part of the reason yeah. 
um, the show, I kind of also, like, it wasn't interesting for me in the yeah. same way that it is for a lot of people. Yeah, it's but a, it's certainly not yeah a standard I, I identify with. So my parents moved to New Glasgow when I was in my first year of college, and so when I went back there, uh, I I got a summer job at a print studio there, and so I guess in in Pictou County is where some of these people are from. So the guy, the actor that plays Bubbles, mm-hmm. I worked with his cousin, <laughs> and. Oh man! And it, it was like... it was so weird because it it just it felt like he was almost like the same type of caricature that was on the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's not weird at all. They seem so. I don't know. I I I feel like these guys are these just being themselves uh, to some extent. Like that was in an exaggerated sense, maybe. That was what was weird for me is because at the time I didn't really know what the show was, and then I watched it, and I was just like. I couldn't tell whether it's it was a reality show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! That's actually yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, I, I'll issue a small uh, correction. I, I was saying Liverpool, Nova Scotia. It's Lunenburg. Okay. The studio is which is there is a Liverpool as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so Lunenburg, I, I'm, I'm definitely aware of. Lunenburg population two thousand three hundred. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess it's a a bigger city than Liverpool, yeah. so that's why you've heard of it. Poof. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Well, uh, if I can hop back into uh, books for a bit, yep. I'm wondering if you have seen the. Uh, I I don't have the official title or whatever, but the they put out those Final Fantasy art books. I don't know if you've seen them. Like, um, the official like by Square. Enix there's a lot of there. different ones. So there is. So the one I'm specifically talking about, they had. Um, it's like the concept art of Final Fantasy 1 through 6. And right. Then they also had a 7 through, I don't know, Nine whatever. or something. 12 or something. Right. Um, and being my who I am, I like the older stuff, and mm. I'm more familiar with them. So I just bought the, the first half, I guess, the 1 through 6 book. Yeah. It is awesome. If you have not read it, it is awesome. No, awesome, I, awesome, I, haven't, awesome. I haven't read it. There, there's a Kina Kunia that was in San Francisco, mm. and they had a lot of game art books like that. So yeah, cool. I, I I have flipped through it, and I wanted cool. to buy it, but there was just so many books there that I wanted to buy that, <laughs> for the most part, I, I didn't buy any. Um, okay, okay. I think I I think I ended up. Uh, I'm actually right next to my bookshelf. Let me take a look up here, and it'll do no good because the titles are in Japanese. Uh, <laughs> but I ended up getting the art book for Final Fantasy. Fourteen, I think it was. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, that title's not in Japanese. Yeah, so it was Final Fantasy fourteen, the art of Yorza, uh, and then oh, I got cool. the Rockman twentieth anniversary book. I considered getting it and, and decided not to. I've never Rockman art's never really done so much for me. I I liked that one. Um, yeah. And and because I've. I've been like interested in learning Japanese for a number of years, so getting a book that's in Japanese doesn't completely deter me, especially if it's a picture book. So I, right. I intend on reading all the little bits of story someday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I've also got the art of uh, ogre tactics. Oh, awesome! Awesome! I that art I liked a lot actually. Um, so tactics I, ogre, I think you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I I think I got all of those from Kino Kunya. Uh, and yeah, there's, there's, I, I've also got from what, when I first went to college 2012, 
Uh, I went into a Kohl's bookstore, I believe it was. Kohl's. That brings me back. Okay. <laughs> and they had the Art of Final Fantasy IX. And hmm. so I picked that up. And there's actually a good number of art books like that in Toronto, I guess, because Sheridan and other art schools were there. So, yeah, um, yeah I've, I've got a number of those art books, but there's so many more that I want. Oh, me too, man. I, are you... Uh... Did you end up making it to uh, Kinokuniya in no. Seattle? No, no. We, okay, we, yeah. we were going to, but we spent so much time at the, uh, the Starbucks. <laughs> um, they have a good selection, uh, but, I mean, of course, there's the markup. Yeah. And where I just kind of have this, I have the connection, yeah. the family connection. So, I mean, we, we go to Japan actually a lot. So, yeah. I, I tend to just, like, I look there and I think, oh, this is cool. Maybe I'll buy it when I am when I go on my trip, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I mean, if you don't have that connection, it's, it's a quite a good selection. I guess you're not going to be on the West coast too much longer, but if you do make it down again, um, I would recommend checking it out for sure. Do they have a Kinokuniya in, in Vancouver? It seems like they would. I don't believe they do no. There, I, I know there is a Japanese bookstore. I can't, Iwase or something. I forget. I think it was, I think that closed, didn't it? Maybe I, I haven't gone to it in years, yeah. so I, I have no idea. Um, yeah, well, the, the Final Fantasy art book I'm referring to, what I liked is that I've played through all these games yeah. and it's interesting, like all the monster battles, mm. I've, of course, those images of those monsters get burned into your mind. Yeah, yeah. especially, especially the old sprite based ones where exactly like static I, images. I could almost, <laughs> I could almost draw out the sprite for the Final <laughs> yeah. Fantasy one ogre, you know, and plus, I mean, you meet a million ogres and you're just grinding and grinding and finally you get to the, however much farther in the game and I forget what they're called, but there's, there's like the the new ogre and it's just the same thing in a different color yeah. in a different color and they're yeah. harder or whatever. But, um, looking at the concept art, it's like those drawn. And yeah. It's cool to see like the drawings that were later transferred into pixel art. And yeah. Just kind of see the process. And a lot of them are like exactly the same image. And a lot of them are, you can see that they tweaked them or they just went with a different, like from a different view or something. Yeah. I, don't know, I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. Those, those were really cool. I actually remember, um, two different things about that one uh if in final fantasy one on the playstation uh if you got the final fantasy origins i think it came with final fantasy one and two um Mm -hmm. there was actually like you could unlock all the art stuff as you played through the game so you could go into like a bonus features section on the disc and check out all that concept art um so that was kind of cool to to be able to do that Um, yeah that's very cool but my favorite piece of nostalgia, I guess, is um, Dragon Quest. The, the and I guess Final Fantasy did that too. Uh, when you when you b- would buy the cartridges back in the day, they would come with these illustrated manuals and these maps. Maps, and yeah. A bestiary or a bestiary, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, t- I t- one of my favorite things that I owned was like the the fold out poster that came with Dragon Warrior Four that had like all the items in the game and yeah, I love that stuff and like uh, Secret of Mana had an awesome one and um, for uh, for Dragon Warrior I guess Dragon Warrior One yeah. went all out right yeah um, with the map and everything um, yeah that's kind of a lost art it's kind of sad yeah. 
yeah, that, yeah. that's that's like extremely disappointing when I get games like the new uh, Fire Emblem or something, and there's just nothing in the box. There's like a little Not like this flimsy, cheap throwaway manual, and that's it, right? Well, like I, I don't even think it was that in Fire Emblem. I think it was just like a little flyer warning you about seizures, and then <laughs> the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I know, I know, and it, it like it used to be a. Th- Thing. Yeah, like it was such an assumed thing you'd have that, and like people would kind of play with it. Like, yeah. like I don't, I don't know if you've played um, uh, Star Troopers One. Yeah, yeah, where you like actually had to use the physical map and stuff. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it kind of <laughs> like nowadays people only ever you'll find Star Tropics One at like a garage sale, and it's just the cartridge, and you need to like look up how to yeah. do it. But at the time, that was such a cool thing, right? And that's it, again, it's just more or less a lost art. Yeah. The, there was there was a huge part of my childhood that was like kind of oriented around those booklets and and the same was like if I would buy a CD or a, even a cassette I guess like you've got the little fold out lyrics and everything to go with it right yeah like I had for me that's a large part of the nostalgia was having that physical thing that I could I could sit there and look at all the images and, and read through and, and like I remember we would rent Castlevania 2 and that has like all the monsters in it and stuff too and Metroid yep. uh, like the, that art was great and I love that and it's it's definitely it, it feels colder now because it's like even if you buy yep. the physical product it's that half of it is not there Yep. So I guess it's it's that much more reason for me to just not bother getting the physical thing anymore. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, it's I, I don't know. It's it's I guess. I mean, obviously, just technology has moved along, and we're moving. We're you know flying towards this digital only uh, world um, for video games and and digital media and so forth. I I know I get that, but um, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's one of those things. I mean, without trying to get too you know, rosy-eyed with the past here. It's like, nowadays, you can get some game, you could probably find all the art on the internet that's public, or a lot of it anyway, or you can find all kinds of stuff on the internet. But back then, like, obviously, yeah. in a pre-internet world, like, I would get, say, Secret of Mana, I'd go rent that, and I'd look at the, the weapon listings. They had each weapon drawn out yeah. in this specific style. And I mean, that was such a fascinating and even motivating thing for me. Like, I used to invent video games in my head kind of yeah I, tried I, I of course yeah I, I, I bet we have the same history here it's like of course i didn't program this game and make it but i'd like i'd make the, the manual for it yeah, and yeah. like the, the i'd make those things so i'd like look at the secret of mana fold out and look at like nintendo power look at their like walkthrough of certain games and like make my own weapons and it, you know it was a fascinating thing and now i don't know i i I, I guess you could just go on the internet and type weapons, whatever game, and find them and, and do it. But back then it was like, it's Saturday, you have nothing to do, this is the only thing you have with you, and it's so fascinating to you, and you just go nuts with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. All right, well, I'd say that's well over half an hour. We should probably wrap up, and uh, we can uh, catch up again another time. Indeed. 5.54, man. Yeah. All right. Well, have a have a good rest of your day.